Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And today, it is my distinct pleasure to be hosting one of my favorite guitar players of all time on the show. This man needs no introduction. His name is Mr. Zach Wild. Zach, how are you, man? <laughs> you're good. All right. So I don't have the list, but I'm going to guess that one of the tunes of those five is a Sabbath tune. Am I right? I mean, there's, there's other songs. I mean, there's other various lists. It depends on what list it is. Okay. I mean, you know, you, you got to figure. I mean, aside of the love of music and, you know, things like that, you also have the love of just blasting your genitalia into realms of pleasure. And I've got a list for that as well. Which one do you want to do today? Well, um, that list right there. We yeah. could go with that one. Okay, let's do because that usually one. everyone already knows the other list That's of other songs. So this is almost kind of pretty much an exclusive. Well, I mean, the first one, you'd have to start with probably Whip It. By Devo. That's always a good one. <laughs> so tell me about that tune. And what else you got on that list? Um, let me take a look at my list here. One of the, one of the classics. And there are very various classics. Well, you know, <laughs> that was a list. We were just talking about it yesterday. And there's various classics on this thing. But now, probably, probably what you want to do is we'll, we'll probably we'll go back to the other thing. Because, like you said, I don't really like to tell too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay so what do you got lay it on me man I don't know I mean like five five songs that I think well I mean obviously probably the first song would probably be uh, Elton John when he played Loosing the Sky with Diamonds on the Sunny and Cher show awesome I didn't, even know, I didn't even know he covered that. Yeah, it's on uh, the Bronco Cowboy album. Yeah. But yeah, his version of it, it's pretty incredible. You've uh, sound checked a couple of Elton John tunes, right? Yeah, we just know them around and stuff like that. You know? I, I saw a clip once of you doing, uh, I think it was Rocket Man. Rocket Man, Tiny Dancer, which I didn't really know about. Yeah. What else you got? Wow, what's that? And he was just like, oh, it's this band my brother listens to. 
my older brother was and stuff. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And that's how I ended up checking out the band. So, you know, I ended up getting a record and I was like completely terrified when I put the album on. <laughs> you know, but uh, there was a, uh, you know, that I eventually, because I had the album I had was uh, we sold our souls for rock and roll. Yeah. And, and how old were you at that time, Zach? Okay, yeah. Like sixth grade or something like that. So, uh, yeah, and then, like, after that, it was, you know, just a matter of collecting as many Sabbath records as possible. Yeah. And I always thought I was like the coolest kid when I'd go to the party, when I always had my Sabbath records. Yeah. Well, you must have been stoked when the opportunity to play for Ozzy came up then. Oh, uh, yeah, without a doubt, man. So, yeah. I mean, it just, you know, it's like me being a huge Thurman Munson fan, and then I end up playing for the Yankees, and I'm catching them in the same spot with my. <laughs> We're my heroes. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's a pretty surreal experience, man, for sure. Oh, no kidding. So, what is it? Never, I'll never forget it because I remember I walked in the room. Yeah. And Oz was like, Zach, just play with your heart. Oh, really? And, he said, and then he said, make me a ham sandwich. I <laughs> light on the mustard. He said, okay. <laughs> and then he just poked me right in the eyes with both his fingers. And I was just like, why? So, Zach, what was it like to rejoin Ozzy earlier last year? Well, I mean, it's great. I mean, the whole thing is being with Ozzy. It's just like, uh, like I always said, I mean, you know, like when I was with the band, it's a miracle. I mean, heaven gets done around here because everybody's crying, laughing. Yeah. Between him poking me in the fucking eyes all the time. It's just terrible. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, no, it's just, it's great, man. I mean, it really is. It's just, uh, it's just hysterical all the time. I mean, you know, I mean, even though I wasn't playing with Oz, like those nine years, and Gus was killing it. And you know, I'm good buddies with Gus, and he's a sweetheart. And yeah. Gus. But no, I mean, in, in between those nine years, it was just you know, obviously we talked to you know mom and the boss like every, whenever it was their birthdays, whenever Christmas would come rolling around, the New Year, you know, uh, holidays, Father's Day, Mother's Day. So you know, so, I mean, it was like we're always in touch every day. And then for the kids' birthdays, whenever it was kids' birthdays, we always text them and talk them in the neighbors. We go off for dinner and stuff like that. So, yeah. So you know, so now that we're family again, it's just uh, it's it's awesome. That's great. Because I mean, those guys around Nazi for five minutes. I mean, the amount he takes to piss out of himself, <laughs> and I mean, and he'll just start. And it's like whatever we're watching on TV or whatever else is going on around in the world or whatever band they're doing anything. Yeah. And, you know, he's like band or guys that he's known forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's known since like 1971 when they did a tour together or some shit. I mean, they're this beyond stuff. Yeah. Okay. So what? <laughs> the most spinal tap I've ever had the past. I remember when I saw that. I didn't laugh at all. I thought it was a block Sabbath autobiography. <laughs> I didn't find it funny at all. I found that movie rather sad. I thought it was, thought it was a, a documentary on Black Sabbath. <laughs> That's funny, man. 
Oz got a great sense of humor, eh? Yeah. Because <laughs> he just can't, doesn't give a shit. No. I mean, he just doesn't. I mean, I'm just saying, like, you need him. And then, you know, if I've ever met any, or like any any dudes that are coming up or whatever, just have a smidgen of fame or whatever, and they're just the biggest tool bags. <laughs> I mean, I just go, oh, I always just go, Fonzie, I've ever met that dude. But Ozzy was never like that, right? He was never an asshole. He was just a, he was just a you know an everyday guy. Oh, he just he's like a dude. Let's just do this, you know. Let's yeah. do this and go home. Let's get it over with, man. <laughs> it's just like yeah, you know, yeah. No, he's just like no, he's never. You know, he's like you know who I am. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Crowd. 
You had no idea. Now, if I was going to do like a, a, a two-page book report on him, he couldn't do one. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? You've been thinking about him for the last fucking 1980. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sir, I want to get a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so it's good to be back with him then, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of comedy, man. But, uh, for sure. It's, it's, and, you know, it's fun, you know. Like I always said, playing being with Oz, it's just like being in the, in the coolest cover band on the planet and maybe you get to play your own stuff, too. You know? Yeah. You know I mean? A lot of fun, though. Yeah. So, but you're also out there now with uh, Black Label Society. Grimmest Hits just came out. It's the new record, right? came out last month. Yes, and... Uh, lesson there, Zach. Exactly. <laughs> it's not all about running pentatonic scales and diatonic scales. That's right. It's about prostitutes and payola. Exactly. Pay attention, kids. Exactly. <laughs> all right. I think I'm going to start doing that to people. I'm going to start poking them in the eyes and saying life's tough. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, uh, actually, when I, last time I saw, we saw him right after this, right after the album charting, it went number four. And he said, Zach, come here. And he said, congratulations. And then he poked me in the fucking eye. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't go number one, did it? So, um, so you're on tour right now. So the tour started after Christmas, uh, right around December 27th. I think you're in Akron tonight and you go through, uh, North America through February and then you go over to Europe for a couple of days, right? It's, it's a pretty extensive leg, I think. Yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be over to Europe for right after, I think we're home for one day. Yeah. So I have enough time for the panel bleaching appointment and shaving my legs and then it's off to Europe. Nice. For the European Crusade. Yeah, so looking forward to that. Great. Okay, so back to your tunes, man. What else have you got? Um, Sabbath, and then I'd have to say, well, I guess maybe... Uh, Any almonds on there? Alta, yeah, what? no, we'll go Alta Miola. Nice. Yeah, so I'm trying to think, like, these are, like, I'm especially, especially with the tall client stuff. Yeah. I guess just the, 
Yep. There's that whole letter. You know, just learn stuff, all that out. Yeah. And that was huge. And actually, that my actual record that I have of that. Yeah. You know, talking about, you know, playing with your, your, playing with your, your idols and stuff like that, you know, meeting them or whatever. I actually did a guitar club. I mean, you know, one of the Steve Vai's Vai Academy things with Carlos Steve. And Al was there. So I actually brought the actual vinyl record that I pretty much wore out, you know, just like learning all the licks and stuff like that. So, yeah. And then he actually sucked and told me, yeah. Wow. And, so, and it's so funny. Same thing with him. I don't know. Maybe it's that generation or whatever. Maybe it, because it, it's rolled in them. I said, Al, thank you. I said, Pontiff Al, thank you so much for signing my Land of the Midnight Mid, you know, son. And he just says, no problem. Back, you look at me. And I said, yes, Mr. Dignola, poked the leg of the fucking ass. I said, I get back to practicing. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> Actually, and now, yeah, it's transcended, I guess, because it's like, you know how, like, milk, you know, bread used to be five cents, and now yeah. it goes up. You know, bread is like $1.25 or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, whereas, whereas out, out in the old and Ozzy generation, with my dad, it was more, you know, the the two fingers, you know, like the, the three stooges that poke you right in the eyes. Yeah. Now it's, you know, I guess with our generation, I guess it's a closed fist that you can clearly see on my Instagram with JD knocking <laughs> me out all the time. <laughs> it's inflation. It's the unnicely, obviously. The inflation of it unnicely is That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got, man? Um, let me see. I'll there, and then I will put uh, John McLaughlin in there. Okay. John McLaughlin and uh, the Mahavishnu Orchestra. Wow. Yeah, we'll put the Intermountain Play in the first album. Because, I mean, as far as Pentatonix go, that's what I got. That was, like, mind-blowing for me. Yeah. Is that where you started as a guitar player, like, just picking up Pentatonic? Well, no, I mean, well, the Pentatonix and Diatonix, yeah, like, all of them. I mean, obviously, I've been the old one and everything like that. But, I mean, also, uh, you know, I mean, but just, like, you know, hearing... Because my guitar teacher, Leroy, had, you know, it was amazing. He had, for being 15 years old and taking guitar, I mean, he was ridiculously amazing. So, I mean, uh, he was a big Hendrix guy, and he was into that. And he had another book, one of his buddies that was a huge Trower guy. Yep. And another guy, but his, that was this guy, Jim Madison, was a huge John McLaughlin guy. So, and, uh, out to be old. But they would have wanted that turned down for all these records. And I was just, you know, otherwise I would have never probably been exposed to any of this music if I didn't play guitar. Yeah. Or know these, you know, I mean, when I knew these guys when I was 15 years old, getting turned on to all this amazing music. But uh, it's funny because I still listen to all these records, you know what I mean? Yeah. They sound just as fresh as I did, they did when I was 15. Oh, for I sure. I think that's pretty much everything. You know, you always carry those records with you your whole, your entire life, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, man. What else is on that list for you? Um, I guess we'll have to go, what do we have right now? We're at four? We're at four. Nice. That's a good pick. I mean, I would, I would say, you know, the album for me I, I would put on there is The Power of Rock and Roll. Yep. And his guitar playing on that record is just still as inspiring and mind-blowing as, like, when the first time I heard it, and I still listen to it now. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. It, it was a different, well, especially for Frank, it was a different phase for him. But just more straight-up rock, and, you know, as opposed to the, Yeah. Stuff that he just like pretty much left that out in the parking lot. It was just like just straight up rock. I mean, those two records, Power Rock and Roll and Juggernaut, I, I remember like some of the most incredible stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So did you sit around and just copy the licks from those records? Is that how you learned primarily? Yeah, I think that's how everybody learns. I mean, and it really, you know, I always say it's just, even when we're doing records today, it's writing songs. Yeah. The writing and coming up with guitar solos. I mean, like, you know, like, okay, we always call it the soup, you know what I mean? Like, you know, but we're listening to the Black Crows. Yeah. With Rich and the guy. Me and you were sitting there eating, never heard of the Black Crows, and they, we, we ordered some Black Crow soup. I'm like, bro, what are you tasting in here? You'd be like, hmm, humble pie. I'm tasting some small faces. I'm tasting some stones. Exactly. I'm tasting some almonds. You know, I mean, that's what's in the soup. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, so it's just a matter of, uh, you know, like if you're eating a Guns N' Roses soup, you know, I mean, obviously it's like early Aerosmith, some punk stuff's in there. You know, like if you said, are you tasting any black, are you tasting any Sabbath in there? It's like, no, I don't taste any Sabbath at all. No. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if, if you're having a sound garden soup, you're like, what are you tasting there? You're like, I'm tasting, definitely tasting some Sabbath in here. Yep. You know, I'm tasting Sabbath, I'm tasting Zeppelin, I'm tasting a bunch of punk, you know, like speed stuff, and I'm tasting, you know, whatever. You know, so you could just, to me, it's just you're referencing all your knowledge and your, like if me and you were chefs, Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you got all your all your seasonings and stuff like that. So I mean it's just like uh I mean like like you said, I mean if you're listening to singers, we were just talking about the other night, all the guys with the raspy voices. Yeah. Like you got Bob Seeger, Greg Allman, Michael McDonald, and we were just talking about all those guys and just how amazing all their voices are, and then we were saying probably all them would probably say they got it from Joe Cocker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Joe was before all of that. And then if you ask Joe Cogger and the rest of them, all of them, they'd say, they all, you know, Joe Cogger would say he got it. He would reference Ray Charles. Yeah. You know what I mean? As far as Raspy Voice and where he's got it from. You know, so, yeah, I think that's where, you know, I mean, because anybody, like, when I, when I meet uh, younger kids and they're just like, exactly my favorite player or whatever, you know, which is a beautiful thing. I'm just saying, as far as where inspiration comes from, because I said, boy, if you like, if, if I'm the one that, inspired you to play yep. and, and you get joy off of listening to me play then obviously you're getting it from Frank Marino John McLaughlin Al Demiola um, St. Rhodes Jimmy Page and Tony Iommi you know what I mean like yep. those are all the guys that are massive you know that made me become me Yeah, you know what I mean so it's just like uh, yeah without a doubt so I mean the whole thing is it's just like uh Exactly. Well, when I was, uh, you know, listening to you with Ozzy 
and you know miracle man i uh, i kind of learned the genealogy backwards right because i was what 17 at that time and then i thought where's this stuff come from and, and you just you know you just keep going up the line right so you go back a generation of the stones you go back a generation right so that's cool to do because it's almost like you know tracing the roots and you go back to people like sunny boy williamson all you know back that far and you look at that it's it's really cool to see Yeah, exactly. And, and they're a good example of that. And a lot of people don't know that they started out as a glam band. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, you just think, I mean, it was so huge back then. I mean, it'll be, I mean, like, look at Zeppelin's clothes and Sabbath's clothes in the beginning. It's yeah. all, it's all hate Asbury hippie. Yeah. You know, but that's what was, that's what was in at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, I mean, it's just like with me, with the big hair, you know, with Ozzy. Yeah. It's like, that was, I came in right at the tail end of it. Yeah. I mean, whether, you know, whether the, the hippie movement was, you know, the late 60s and stuff like that. Yeah. And obviously that spilled over into the 70s. You know, pretty much all movements do. Whether, you know, whether it's the, the, the late 60s has spilled over into the 70s. Yeah. Then you have like Van Hemp and everything like that with the really pretty much, you know, then the glam thing started happening. And then, you know, from the late 70s going and then it just spilled over into the 80s. Yeah. As far as, you know, the big hair and the layered hair and then the, the whole nine yards. I mean, it was just everybody who had to be Van Halen at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's, you know, when you really, I mean, if me and you were going to be like uh, historians here and just look look back and, and just look at the, the trees and, and see how, where, where, where the water goes, you know what I mean? When yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, and then this came along and then that's when how this river broke off and it went over into this one, you know what I mean? And then it formed this, it formed this ocean over here. So, I mean, just, uh, but to me, I, I just look at it and it's always interesting now. Oh, it's fascinating to map that whole thing out. Well, yeah, I mean, well, because when you think about, you know, Step 1 and Sabbath and Cream and everything like that, I mean, John Mayo and the Blues Breakers, there was that massive, you know, explosion of blues-based riff music. Yeah. And, you know, and everybody was a, it was, everybody wanted to drink from that, from that pond, man. And like, and everybody did. Yeah. And I mean, it's not that, you know, and, and the bands were referencing when you think about, you know, to me, the first one would have been Queen. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, because, I mean, Clapton was coming from that anyways, you know what I mean? So Clapton yeah. went to like John Mayo University and started his own, you know, his own practice, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just like, uh, and then you had Cream doing their thing, and then after, you know, everybody hearing like Sunshine of Your Love, which basically probably 
Hendricks wanted to get in on it. And then after Hendricks, then it was, you know, then obviously Zeppelin came around, and then it was Sabbath, and then it, 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 everything was just riff-driven. Yeah. You know, just riff-driven music and just all just amazing stuff. You know what I mean? So, but like, you know, when you look at the, the rap rock thing, when you had Limp Bizkit and all the other bands, I mean, the whole thing is, it was just like, it just started off, you know, because rap was becoming this huge, huge movement. Yeah. And then, you know, then you know, like the, Smith run DMC thing. That's right. And then, uh, you know, and then uh, also Anthrax did that other song, and then all of a sudden it was just like, then it, it just started this, like the John Mayo thing. You yeah. Know what I mean, then you had all the, then you had your Cream and your Led Zeppelin and your Sabbaths, and you know, I mean, it was just like everybody was doing the rap rock thing. Yeah. To me, it was no different than, yeah, it was no different than the blues explosion. You know, just everybody, it, it was exciting and everybody wanted to get in on it. And one thing that I thought was cool about you, um, you know, people thinking that you were, uh, you know, kind of a metal guy with Ozzy, but the, you, you know, the Pride and Glory record came out. So you showed a different side of yourself, right? That's pretty much all the stuff that I'm still into now. I mean, between, you know, the, the Almonds, Bad Company, the bands, yeah. uh, Neil Young. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously Sabbath and Zeppelin and everything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I just, that's like one of the main ingredients of a black label soup. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Horse Cold War. Yeah, I actually, you just reminded me of something. When you first started out, you used to wear bell bottoms. I totally forgot about that. Totally. I still got them, still got them all at the top now, man. Yeah. You, do, <laughs> you don't wear them anymore, though, do you? Nah, I haven't worn the bells in, in years now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Page with the dragon pants. Yeah, without a doubt. So uh, one more tune, man. What else you got on your list, Zach? Uh, all right, so we got Frank Marino on there. I guess so. Uh, we got Sabbath. Then we'd have to put some Pope Page on there. Nice. Put some Jimmy on there. I guess uh, I'm trying to think, like, first reference to Zeppelin and listening to him all the time would probably be, let's go with Led Zeppelin 1. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, just all the, well, you know, just how, how the music moved me and just and then now, now when I still listen to it before we get ready to go do the shows. Yeah. Uh, you know, I still get it, you know, it's, it's still just as amazing as it was when I was listening to it when I was 15 years old. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that album, it scared the shit out of a lot of people, right? Because it was, you know, like you said earlier, Zeppelin and, and Sabbath came out about the same time. There's maybe Iron Butterfly and Cactus yeah. and stuff like that. But that oh, record. Well, you had all that stuff, but I mean, you know, it was, it was weird back with uh, John, uh, I'm trying to get Brad Kalinsky. You know, he wrote a book with uh, um, Jimmy Page as well, you know, just uh, Light and Shade and stuff like that. And, yeah. You know, he knows giving you stuff like that from doing interviews over the years and everything. Yeah. But he said he remember when, when that album came out, because, you know, Jeff Beck's record was out. Before that, you know, like six months earlier with Rod Stewart, doing a lot of the same songs, like You Shook Me and everything like that, right? Yeah. Um, the Truth Record, and the whole thing is with the Carmine piece and everything like that, but but, but the truth, though, with John, with, uh, I mean, what Brad said, though, he just goes, but one thing that he noticed, and he said, even remember listening to it back then, 
how much the, the fidelity quality of Zeppelin's album, it just sounded so much better yeah. than anyone's record. Like, just the sound quality. Like, it sounded, you know, it sounded professional as opposed to AAA. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was like a glaring, that was glaring to him. Really? Was, and even though he was a kid. Wow. It was like, wow, it just it sounds so much more professional. Really? Yeah, like the sound, you know what I mean? And yeah. I, and I get it. Once again, that's all Jimmy Page, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's a technician. For sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, everyone just thinks, you know, I'm in the side of the songwriting and the guitar playing and the performances and everything. It's the, the production on those records as well. Just the sound quality. Yeah, I, I think he was always very heavily involved in that stuff, right? Just almost as a, a, a technician, like kind of going... Yeah, and, and I think, and also, also the engineers and everything. You know, you sound, you know, like with me, when we make the record, like when I listen to our Black Label, the Black Label album, the evolution of it. Like ever since we started with the Black, you know, with my studio, the Black Vatican. Yeah. Since we started doing Order of the Black, then uh, the song remains not the same, then... Catacombs of the Black Vatican, then Book of Shadows 2, yep. up to now with the new one, the Grimace Hits. Yeah. I can listen to the sound quality because it's just like me and JD doing the records, and JD, I'm producing them, but I mean, our buddy Adam engineers them, and JD and Adam mix the records. Yeah. So, you know, I'll come up there and taste the soup when they're all done. Like, I come up and just take a, take a taste. Yeah. And it's like I can listen to maybe a little bit more, you know, cilantro or a little more sour cream. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and then it's just like, I, I go, that's ah, perfect. You know what I mean? So when, when I hear the records, like when we're doing uh, the meet and greets and stuff, and there's like a compilation of the albums going back to the earlier records to now, I mean, it's just like the productions, to me, it's just so much more superior now. You know? Oh, yeah. It is what it is. You know, you, I mean, but then again, that's a good thing because you don't want them going backwards. No, God, no. No. I mean, you want that you want you want that edge, but you know, songs like say "Overlord" from Order of the Black, like that. That's a that's a, a fucking great production, in my opinion. Yeah, no, JD. That's why I said like "Order of the Black." I mean, that, from that record onward, I think the production's really gotten. Like I said, it's just more. It's more pro. Yeah. Opposed to, you know, AAA or whatever. But I mean, but it's they're still good. But I mean, I you know, I could hear it's it's just obvious. It's a bigger bench press. Exactly. You, you got time for one more, Zach? Yeah, one more, brother. All right, lay it on me, man. All right. So, what do we uh, what do we got? Oh, what? One more, one more band, right? Let's yeah. Yeah. 
actually, when you listen to Randy's solos, you actually go, you, you could actually write a list of your top ten Randy guitar solos or your top five. Oh, yeah. Five songs, you know what I mean? Yeah. There are many songs, you know what I mean? I always say about Randy, you know, people think it's great that, you know, people can actually cover his playing and that's an achievement, but the real achievement is fucking writing that stuff, you know, try that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like, for any any of the artists that we're talking about, you know, whether it's Sabbath and Zeppelin and everything like that, you know, I mean, it's it's the staying power of the song, you know what I mean? Yeah. That it's memorable. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, so it has a beginning and an end. So, like when I'm playing it live, I play it the same way. Yeah. You know. What's your uh, favorite tune to play from that record? Well, probably you got well, you know, I mean, side of over the mountain. I mean, I'd say like uh, "Can't Kill Rock and Roll" is amazing too. Yeah. And I also like, I you know, I just the mellow ones, and then you know, then you, like you said, I mean, "Little Dolls." Then you got "Believer." You got, I mean, there's so many killer tunes on it. Oh but, yeah. Uh, I mean, as far as that, it's flying high again. Yeah. Know, soul and that thing's like. Yeah. Discipline player practice quite a lot right classical without a doubt man yeah all right man zach thank you for your time i appreciate it all right my brother uh i hope you got everything you got yeah i'll send it to uh, uh layla and, and um you know hopefully you can uh, share it on social media or whatever you got it all right thank you pontiff wild i appreciate it brother you got it my brother i'll talk to you in a bit bud. all right take care bye my brother bye-bye Alright, this has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen and guitar god, Mr. Zach Wild. Until next time, folks, take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.